foodies, and welcome back to an all-new episode of Savor Recipes, Savor This podcast. I'm Dia Basu, and I'm here with my Savor Recipes colleague and co-host, Megan Garrity. Today, we are so thrilled to have registered dietitian and nutritionist, and soon-to-be cookbook author, Mandy Enright, as our guest. And on today's episode, Mandy is going to be sharing ways to unwind, the do's and don'ts when it comes to unwinding, and how to truly unplug. Hey, Dia. I'm really excited to speak with Mandy. I know myself, I can always use tips on how to unplug and unwind and how to make time in our schedules for self-care. So welcome, Mandy. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Savor This. Thanks so much, much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're so thrilled. To- and what do you think, is the, what is essential in recharging and why is it so essential to our bodies to not just recharge, but to unplug when it comes to recharging? How do those two go hand in hand and what really defines unplugging? Because I think sometimes people just think, you know, not checking your cell phone after a certain time or things like that. So how does all that kind of intertwine with each other? Yeah. So I often say we want to try to like disconnect to reconnect to ourselves and just learning how to get back in touch with us. So um, to answer your question, I guess, first about, you know, what does it mean to unplug? So yes, I think definitely in this time that we are in, we are so connected to everybody. And a lot of it's, whether it's through cell phone, through social media, through uh, laptops, through emails, all of that and I think as we're so hyper-connected at this point that we've almost feel scared to have to like shut it down at some point. Like we feel like mm-hmm. whether it's FOMO or just, you know, afraid that we're going to miss something, you know, important in our, in our job or, or whatever um, with it. So I think that, you know, there's this whole idea of like, oh, I have to check in. I have to see what's going on that it's almost become second nature. Um, what's interesting is I, I do a lot of corporate wellness work and I do a lot of talks about unplugging and just to share some sobering statistics with you. So on a given day, we spend, actually, no, I'm going to ask you guys, how, how much time do you think on a given day do you think people spend on social media alone? Five to six hours. Yeah. I was going to say four hours. I feel like I've so, um, so in a given day, so actually you guys are overestimating. So I'll give you, so this might not be a sobering pen. Uh, so <laughs> on, a, on a given day, the average person spends about almost two and a half hours a day on social media. That's just social media alone. Our yeah. phones, we spend over three hours a day on. And just another fun fact I like to share with folks on a given day, we can pick up, like touch our phone almost mm-hmm. 60 times a day. That's why. <laughs> and then in retrospect, I kind of think of like how often I actually am picking up my phone. For me and my, for you know Megan and myself, I think it might be a little more maybe because we do do digital marketing, so we are you know kind of on our devices a lot more. But even on weekends when you're not working or trying not to work, I do feel like every two seconds, I, I feel like I'm incomplete without my phone, right? So I feel like even if it's not by me, there's something, there's a part of me that's missing. Yeah. There's, there's that little attachment factor and it's like, Oh, I have to check this. Okay. Oh, wait, I forgot to check this. And then there's the times where I eventually was like going to touch something and then I got distracted and then I'm like, Oh, I never actually wound up checking that thing I meant to check in the first place. So we pick it up again. So 
it, no, back to that whole question about what does it mean to unplug and, and all that, it's kind of like, okay, like, when do we put this down? When do we not come back to our, our devices? Um, and the whole point of it is really about the opportunity to, again, just let ourselves reset ourselves. So first of all, all these devices are incredibly stimulating to our, our brains. And we think about there's blue lights in them and how that can impact um, just our, our focus, our energy, and then even our ability to get a good night's sleep. So that definitely falls into play. I often talk about what we're exposing ourselves to on a lot of our devices. So we think about things like going onto news media, which isn't always the most uplifting. We go onto social media, which you know, we're seeing more and Same. more research <laughs> out there. Um, but the thing is, we're seeing more and more research out there about the fact that how social media is so much increasing anxiety that we're having here in, in you know, in our society and even bring on things like depression. Uh, we think about the fact that we have to feel need, we have to check our email all the time. And a lot of that, again, is that whole idea of this, we're so hyper-connected that it, it's, you know, essential that we have to unplug ourselves because we need to give ourselves that break and that opportunity to step away from it. Um, like I said, one of the biggest things about these, you know, unplugging is that it's going to actually help immensely with getting a much better night's mm -hmm. sleep where sleep is our ultimate time where we rest and recharge our bodies. And we're seeing a lot of connection to all of this, you know, ex, you know, devices and exposure and all that, and how that's increasing our stress levels and impacting our ability to get a good quality night's sleep where yeah. we can recharge ourselves. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting when you're talking about the phone and checking it all the time, because that that's me. Like that was me last night. I went to sleep and then I wanted to add something to my, um, to my grocery delivery order. And I forgot that daycare needed something. I kept going in it and it just was not allowing me to get into that state of unwinding and unplugging and relaxing. So it just took me forever to go to bed and talking about ways to, to get a good night's sleep and to get you in that, um, that mode of being unplugged. Are there any foods or drinks that can help us unwind and prepare for sleep? Yeah. So one of our best ways that we can unwind or, or for sleep, I should say, for foods, we want to think about doing some protein and want to think about doing a little carbohydrate. So protein rich foods like um, milk, cheese, yogurt, um, beans, legumes, um, poultry, uh, seafood, all of those are really rich in an amino acid called tryptophan, which helps us to fall asleep. Now, the mm -hmm. no more about tryptophan is that everyone thinks that that's what makes us fall asleep on Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> right, we eat turkey, turkey has tryptophan, we fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But actually, what causes the sleepiness is the fact that we need carbohydrates to help to kind of unlock and activate that tryptophan. And oh, when yeah. you think about what surrounds the Thanksgiving turkey, right? all kinds of carbohydrates. So that's where that, yeah. that sleepiness really comes on at, at Thanksgiving. But at nighttime, we recommend doing a little protein, a little carb combo mm -hmm. to help us to kind of bring that sleepiness on. So we can think about something like a bowl of cereal, um, right? Cereal with milk in it or some yogurt with some fruit. Um, you know, like things like roasted chickpeas, I'll recommend yeah. to folks. Um, just some ways to have a nice little bedtime snack that can bring on sleepiness. You mentioned drinks as well. So we think yeah. about um, tea, like things like chamomile tea, which is mm. very, very calming. And I'm sure many of us at some point in our life were given some warm milk to have because again, yeah. that whole calming factor also along with that tryptophan in it 
um, and carbohydrates as well, can be very, very calming to help us fall asleep much better. Are there, do protein rich foods and are there like more specific, like protein rich foods that help in having a good night's sleep? I mean, again, like, like I mentioned about the warm milk, like just a good old fashioned classic glass of milk can be a great way to help to fall asleep. Um, you know, again, I mentioned like a lot of these like dairy rich foods, which again are very rich in tryptophan can be really helpful with falling asleep. Um, things like nuts and seeds, um, almonds, for example, Mm -hmm. um, are great because they're very, um, rich in something called melatonin, which helps us to get into that very deep state of sleep. Um, also chocolate, is also very rich in melatonin to help us get a little sleepy. So yes, chocolate does fit into all aspects of our life. I was just going to ask about the chocolate because I, because I am obsessed with chocolate. I love it. I eat it all the time, but I find, are there, are there certain types of chocolate that have more caffeine than others? Cause I feel like sometimes I can have chocolate and I'll go right to sleep. But then other times I feel like I am more wired, but I don't know if that's maybe just the day that I'm having. Um, it depends. I mean, yeah, some aspects of chocolate can have the caffeine. I'm actually not sure of the relationship between like caffeine and things like amount of like cocoa or cacao yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with it and how that kind of impacts the, the caffeine factor to but it. A small amount, having a small amount can. Yeah. Like I always say, like think about like a, think about like a Hershey kiss or a yeah. Dove square, like something just cute and little that you can enjoy and savor and feel nice and calm and relaxed. Yeah, no. So what I was going to ask when you were talking about the milk, I was kind of thinking almost even of like moon milk. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times people can kind of even customize moon milk to make it in, you know, different flavors. And it's also really visually, it's aesthetic beautiful too. Like to look kind of like, you know, just get really creative. Um, Is that something great for people to kind of have in their nightly routine as well to really help them, um, you know, put them to sleep? Are there specific maybe you know additions that they should really be having in there like say turmeric or are there you know other addition, additional ingredients that they could really infuse in that moon milk recipe that they're creating to really help with getting a good night's sleep yeah so i'm so happy you brought that up because i love moon milk again we mentioned like warm milk which quite frankly as a kid i was kind of like mm, warm milk but then when i was like oh we can make this fun and tasty like yeah. now this is actually exciting <laughs> and enticing to, to have. Um, yeah. So number one, like you said, like the whole visual appeal of it is really yeah. fun. And it's also just something great after dinner and even with kids to get involved with because mm-hmm. you can work the kids and you can, you know, blend it together in some way where it's going to be really, like you said, like a beautiful color. So you mentioned turmeric, right? Where you can get this beautiful orangey yellowish color to it. So sometimes I might refer to that as like a golden milk where mm-hmm. we'll incorporate that with a little bit of honey, which is also very calming. Um, we might put like a little cinnamon, maybe a little vanilla into it. All these really nice, like calming, calming, um, flavors um, and profiles to them. Um, some moon milk might even incorporate, infuse a little like chamomile into that Mm -hmm. guy as well. Or I might put a little lavender in, which again has this nice like calming factor to it. And then, um, maybe like mixing a little like berry or berry puree in it. So it gets like, again, just fun colors with it, putting a a fun little topping on it. I mean, even if the kids, like if you want to put like a couple little sprinkles or something on it to make Mm -hmm. it just fun. Fun. Yeah. 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 
when when we're talking about moon milk, it's making me think of uh, rituals, like bedtime rituals and routines. I feel like that would be a great ritual to to start to have that moon milk as as the way to start unwinding and and coming down for the night. Are there any other relaxing and restful activities that you would recommend before bed? I, I was thinking about um, yoga or meditation or reading. Is, is there um, one that, that you prefer or do you think, can you, can you mix it up? What would be your recommendation? Yeah. So I love the fact that you use the word like ritual or routine because we try to really encourage people to get into a bedtime routine <laughs> to help them with finding this good way to unwind. So again, number one, the devices go to bed at least an hour before you do. So they should be going, you know, just trying to unwind yourself put them away at least an hour before you plan to go to bed. Um, and then at the end of the day, finding some like good calming activities. So whether it's time with yourself, time with the family, you know, wherever you feel that it could be good for your energy to be spent, um, you know, again, either with other people or, or with yourself. When it comes to yourself, think about just some good calming activities you can do. So we think about maybe even something like a warm bubble bath or a hot mm. shower, which is really yeah. nice for relaxing the muscles. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a dork. I love aromatherapy. So I love like putting on a diffuser or candles mm -hmm. or something and just kind of getting that calming vibe going, um, doing a little bit of some light stretching or mm -hmm. a little bit of like yoga or meditation, which can be just really calming to just help to like calm the body and most importantly, calming the nervous system down which is what's going to help us to get that better night's sleep. Um, and then even something like reading, but I would say you want to be reading on paper. So mm -hmm. a, a physical book or a magazine versus, a versus uh, exactly. yeah, exactly. And I, I, yeah, I know that they have like the, the dark, um, you know, backlights and all that now, but even so it's still that, that whole idea, that stimulation that we want to try to like avoid. Plus the temptation of like, Oh, yeah. I'm reading this magazine, but now I want to go look at this. I want to look at this. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we want to avoid falling down the rabbit hole. Yeah, no. And that's true. I feel like that's very common when you're on a device because you just have that quick ability to easily start searching other things. Right. So whether it's something you're reading and then you, you know, you start from one page and then by the end of, you know, researching or, you know, diving into whatever it is, you're like 20 tabs down in, you know, whichever device you're using. But, you know, staying with that, is there a certain way that people should maybe even arrange their bedrooms? Like maybe, you know, in terms of having your bed facing the window or not facing the window or, you know, where maybe your television is in your bedroom, having that in a specific area versus like, are there tips with that that can really help in implementing a good night's sleep? Yeah. So all that, what you're talking, I call it environmental engineering, where it's kind of like setting your space up for success. Um, so first of all, my husband and I had a very, very big controversy in our house about the TV in the bedroom because yeah. quite oh, frankly, no. I, <laughs> it was, it was a big deal. Um, I, I always like, was like, Oh, I need to, I need the, the TV to fall asleep. It's like, that's yeah. my own time. Yeah. Online. The only time I have to watch TV is actually like at bedtime to fall asleep. And, um, what was funny was we, we learned that, um, for work at one point, my husband had to wear like a Fitbit. They were doing a, a charity thing where it's like they were burning calories for dollars yeah. or something Car yeah, yeah. Cal calories for charity or something like that yeah. and what he was finding he's like he would sh he would pull up on his phone he's like look at look at this and i'm like what he's like look at these spikes i'm like 
okay. He's like, do you know what happened at this time? I'm like, no. He's like, you came to bed and you turned the TV on at this point. It disrupted my sleep. Oh, that's wild. You were coming in, turning on the thing. So even like, because he wasn't even directly stimulated somehow, right. like his brain was still getting stimulated by the, the TV and all this stuff happening while he was sleeping. And then he'd get mad. Cause like, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to fall asleep to the TV. He's like, well, I'm already asleep. So yeah. when we moved to our new home, or no, it wasn't even that we were, uh, we, we were redoing our cable situation and he's like, we get two cable boxes. One goes in the living room. One goes in my man cave. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. So we, uh, so he won the, he won the battle of the no TV in, in the bedroom, um, with it. So I will say with, you know, with the TV and stuff again, because we, the recommendation is really that we do want to try to limit that screen time mm-hmm. exposure before bedtime. So, um, do with that as, as you may, but I'm a big, I do love, I do love a sleep timer. I love a sleep. Yeah. Timer. Um, in the rest of your bedroom though, I was thinking about like, um, you know, with the windows per se, mm-hmm. um, we don't recommend doing like these like big blackout curtains because mm-hmm. then that impacts your natural sleep wake cycles. Mm-hmm. So you okay. want to be able to have that natural light exposure in the morning where, you know, you kind of do sync up a little bit with like the sun and all that, because that does actually help with our circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And allowing us to get a little bit more consistent um, patterns with that. So we don't. So we do recommend like some blinds that are still going to let some light into into your room. Um, temperature wise, so we actually recommend keep the room a little bit cooler because you can always put layers on and take layers mm-hmm. off. There is nothing worse than on a hot summer night where there is nothing you can do. It's hot yeah. and it's just <laughs> like you know everything you know just on top of the covers and you know, try to like keep cool. So we recommend try to keep the the room temperature wise a little bit cooler because you can, like I said, you can always put layers on, you can always take layers off um, with it. uh, So that way that's not like disruptful for our sleep to allow us to, to get to bed that way. Um, The other big thing I am again, like, I know we talk so much about technology, but it, because it is so ingrained in us. um, I say all the time, if you do not have a grown up alarm clock, Mm -hmm. it might be time to invest in a big boy or big girl, good old fashioned alarm clock. There could be Mickey mouse on it. I don't care, (laughs) but not using your cell phone as an alarm clock. And I know that's really tempting for a lot of people, but here's the deal. We get up in the middle of the night, right? If we go to the bathroom or we just happen to wake up in the middle of the night, what, what's the first thing that you're tempted to do? Well, I want to see what time it is. So you roll over, hit the phone. Oh, okay. Well now I, now I see what time it is, but now I'm also like, you know, number one, getting that kind of stimulation. Number two, oh, there's notifications on my phone. Oh, somebody likes something. What did they like? And we start going back down the rabbit hole. And as I say, (laughs) nothing good happens on social media at 2am. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's trying to, again, trying to avoid that temptation that exposure of, of it. So I will tell people like, yes, you can keep your phone in your bedroom. If that's your main phone and people need to get a hold of you. Sure. Keep it somewhere nearby where you can, or not nearby, but keep it somewhere where you can hear it but don't have it somewhere where it's readily available in like arm's reach where you're going to be like, Oh, okay. What? Oh, right. Let me start checking it out. Because I will like for the longest time, that was, that was me. I would like reach over. Oh, look at this, that, that. And like an hour goes by and I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. And then you're all hyped I mean, up. 
Mandy, I, I just have to ask you because, you know, I'm just curious to know, and I'm sure our listeners are too, with how and, you know, what it was that caused you to become so in tune with like sleep, relaxation, meditation, and kind of your career shift from, because you were in advertising before, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I was. So that Going is... into the, you know, dietitian and yoga. So what was, where was that shift? And, you know, what was the factor behind this, you know? change in direction? So great question. Uh, As you mentioned, yeah, I worked in advertising for about 10 years in New York City, where uh, I often describe myself, I was a burnt little piece of toast when I was done towards the end of it. I was just, I got very fast tracked and I did very well, but unfortunately I just got very, very burnt out, very, uh, very much along into my career. And uh, when I decided to go to school, become a dietitian, um, what actually also had happened at that point was I had uh, suffered a second ACL injury. So I had to go and have a second round of surgery. So mm-hmm. coming out of surgery, I, you know, I was always an active kid. I love to be active. I love to do all kinds of stuff. And I, it was really, really killing me that like, I couldn't be as active and especially my at least the second go around, it was just a lot longer of a recovery. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into yoga just as something to do, something to move. And I first came to yoga like most people do, where it's like, oh, I just want to like, you know, move and stretch and sweat and Mm -hmm. stand on my head and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, And then what kind of happens over time is I kind of started learning a little bit more about yoga and I decided I want to yeah, study, become a yoga teacher and kind of getting a little bit more into the teacher training and starting to learn a little bit more areas and avenues of, of yoga. And it's, it's very interesting because again, when I first came to yoga, it was all about the physicality of it. And in over the years, since I've been teaching just the shift into that more, um, mental awareness, self-care, where if you had told me five years ago that like, I would love teaching restorative yoga, I would, five years ago, I would have been like, no, that's boring. And now it's like my favorite thing to teach of like, just helping people learn a little bit more. Also, again, too, like I said, I I specialize in corporate wellness, because I was that person, Mm -hmm. and kind of understanding, you know, where I came from. And the fact that I was not putting myself at the top of my to do list, I was not giving myself these opportunities and breaks in my day that just like, step away yeah. and breathe yeah. and take care. So I think just from learning my own learnings over the years of like, oh man, I could have used so much of this in my time in back in my you know corporate days. And how much I think also too that I think is amazing is how many more companies are more open and aware mm-hmm. and accepting to bringing practices like yeah. meditation and yoga and self-care more at the top of um, more, more in focus within companies, yeah. whereas before it was like super taboo. And now back in the day when I used to go on site to companies and you'd see like this conference room is used for meditation or quiet time between the hours of 12 and two and really allowing people to like take these breaks in self-care. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely into it. So I think just from my own personal journey of like, you know, being this like, you know, you know, hyper aware, hyperactive, like, you know, corporate executive and then, you know, super physical, you know, athlete and all this, and then trying to like, just learn how to transition and into my own self-care, you know, taking care of my body, like, and, and even just learning my time, it's like, okay, like you can't be doing these crazy back bends 
all the time. Like there are days where it's like, you need to like let your body rest and, and relax itself. And then also just learning about how we can establish our own parameters around ourselves and our time and our self-care. I think it's so encouraging to hear that more and more companies are making self-care a priority and having those rooms. And I know even I've seen it at conferences that I've gone to, I've seen it in my kids' schools. They have a Zen Den in their school that the kids have a space to go to if they do feel overwhelmed or overstimulated and need that, that time for themselves. I think that that's exciting that it's, it's really penetrating all the different areas of our life. And it's not just this one kind of tucked away corner for certain people. It's, it's really now accessible to everyone, which is, which is yeah. awesome. Um, and, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. And like, I just, I love like the vibe, like when I'll, you know, with a company and I go and I do like a, a yoga session or even just like a, a meditation session and just like that vibe in the room changes so much from when they first came in mm-hmm. to when they leave and people are like, yeah. Yeah. So it feels like yeah. you leave. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I did. I had a couple more questions going back to, um, getting the restful night's sleep. I know when you're talking about the phone, cause I am that person, that I use it as my clock, but then I have that, you know, concern that, Oh, what if someone calls me? What if it's an emergency? So, so to your point, you can leave the phone on say your dresser and then have that old school alarm clock by your bed. So then you're getting the calls. You have that. I love that idea. I think that that's really smart because I, I always hesitated because I didn't want to lose the phone, but, but having it in the room, you know, that you have the comfort of, of both. I, I love that. And then I know we were talking about the different foods that um, the moon milks, the almonds, uh, having those before bed. Is there a certain time that, that you should allow? I know you were saying like for, for the screens to limit that to end using your screen an hour before bed with eating. Is there a certain parameter? Would you eat an hour before bed too, or could you eat something um, right before you go to bed? What, what would you recommend? I mean, I would definitely say like having a little bit of a, of a snack, I would say maybe like an hour or two before bedtime. Um, I mean, (laughs) you know, we hear a lot from people like, Oh, it's after dinner. And like, I need like that little something. Mm -hmm. So you know, depending on what time you typically go to sleep. Um, you know, d- again, because the recommendations have something small before yes. bedtime, you know, it, you know, we, we usually recommend, you know, don't have like an overly large meal right before bed or mm-hmm. something that's like really heavy. That's just going to sit in your stomach. But if you're just, again, having something you know, like a glass of milk or a little <laughs> bit of yogurt and fruit, like an hour or so before bedtime is going to be fine because again, it's, you know, you're giving yourself a little bit of time to digest it. You're allowing it to kind of, um, you know, take on, you know, bring on all those sleepy qualities to it. So definitely, um, I wouldn't necessarily say like right before you're about to go to bed, but maybe like an hour or two before bed, have that little, that little sleepy time snack. Yeah. And I know one of the recipes that um, we actually have on Saver that you had actually developed was the cherry vanilla sleepy time smoothie. Yes. in there, there's, you know, a couple of ingredients, like, you know, in addition to the milk and the Greek yogurt, but also like rolled oats and flaxseed and cherry juice, right, specifically in that recipe. So what are kind of the reasons for those ingredients, you know, versus some other ingredients people might, you know, use in the smoothies they make to really have that specific smoothie recipe or something similar, like you were saying, an hour or two before going to bed? Is there something really with the cherry or the flaxseed that really kind of 
is essential in having before going to bed too? Yeah. So first of all, the oats are going to provide that carbohydrate, which again is going to help to unlock our tryptophan, which is going to make us feel sleepy. Uh, flax seeds are a great source of both um, tryptophan and they have melatonin in them, which again is going to be that hormone that helps us to get into that really deep state of sleep. Um, the tart cherry juice, again, is uh, what we find to be a, a great natural source of melatonin. So again, it's bringing on like that, that deep state mm -hmm. of sleepiness mm -hmm. to it. So kind of a combination of um, that tryptophan, which is going to help to bring on our serotonin, which is that hormone that helps us go from being awake to being asleep, and yeah. then bringing us further into that sleep state. And that's where melatonin comes into play, where it's more about falling to sleep. The other thing, um, you know, people ask me a, a lot of times about like, oh, like, well, what about supplements, right? What about like a melatonin supplement? That's what, when um, you said melatonin, I didn't know you could get it, but I, I yeah. only knew I've only know of the supplement. Right. Um, the thing is, though, when, when um, I've done a lot of research, because people ask me these questions all the time, and we find that um, our bodies don't necessarily metabolize a melatonin supplement the same way that it's going to be able to activate um, melatonin naturally in the body. So oh, wow. we do actually want to be able to get more from food. We do find more benefits when it, it's consumed naturally from food or food sources are going to help to stimulate production of melatonin versus taking it directly uh, as a supplement form. Wow. Yeah, no, that's really interesting to, to know. I feel like just in talking with you, there's so much I've learned from the amount of time that we're all on our phones and also like picking up our phones on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always would, and I don't have blackout curtains, but I've always did have that misconception that, oh, like blackout curtains, you know, would be perfect to really get that good nights of, you know, good night's sleep. But the light that's coming in in the morning is really not going to obviously seep through the curtains and just the information on being able to eat an hour or two. I've always kind of thought, you know, before I go to bed, I'm like, okay, I need to eat four or five hours before or I can't eat. Yeah, same with me. No, like I can have the smoothie or moon milk because they're delicious and just really simple and easy to make, but I can have it an hour before I go to bed even and not feel guilty or not worry about. I think my fear subconsciously, and again, I'm not a registered dietitian or nutritionist. So for me, it's literally just random thoughts, right? From reading things um, and not coming from factual well, you know, like you're able to really educate us on it. For me, I think my paranoia was all, well, if, am I going to burn it? Is my body going to actually burn it sleeping? And I think that's kind of a misconception that so many people have of you can't, you know, right before you sleep or, you know, an hour or two before, but it was extremely informative. And then just even listening to your journey of, you know, going from advertising into this world of wellness. Um, so it's been so great having you on our last episode for this season but i feel like this was such a great finale like people are able to just like you know learn so much from it you know good night's sleep kind of uncharging unplugging recharging yeah. um for the next day and we do want to ask you some rapid fire questions so megan is gonna all right them. Fire, they're not hard we'll try and go easy on you but I, I agree with everything that, that dia was saying and i think what i took from it too was even the portion because i think myself i would yeah. like a huge chocolate bar before bed so so knowing that like maybe just one square like you said you know one kiss that that 
portion helps out too because I think that's what what I would do almost overindulge myself and then that wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to sleep so I'm I'm excited right. to and also too, this idea of just like savoring it where it's like, okay, it's yeah. not that we want to like wolf down a whole bunch of, of pieces right. of chocolate, but like, you know, there's something about like taking a Hershey kiss and like letting it sit on your tongue and just mm-hmm. like letting it kind of like melt. Yeah. <laughs> like very calming. Yeah. I was just gonna say that could be meditative too. Like I've heard about the meditations where you have like a raisin in your mouth and you imagine, you know, the, the farmer growing the raisin and, or the far- farmer growing the grapes rather and that it's this whole, um, meditative experience versus just you know that reminds me of um, there's a meditation i had i think when i was in high school we had learned where it's like imagine you're a pat of butter and it's just down your skin and it was (laughs) it was it's like it was like such like weird meditative and i'm like "Hmm, butter and it's like going down your face and all this stuff (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's awesome i I can't wait to start my new routine with all these new tips i i'm I'm so excited, but on to our rapid fire question. So the first one is what's the most unique ice cream flavor that you've ever had? So I didn't actually get the chance to have it, but I was in Maine this past summer and <laughs> some of the ice cream parlors had lobster ice cream, but <gasps> they really? didn't have it like, uh, like I saw it on the list, but they didn't have it available to like actually get or try. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of really disappointed because I just wanted, I was so curious. Yeah. Is that's actually, I think that's the that's most unique ice cream flavor I've heard of. And I feel like I've just yeah. heard so many different ones, but I have never, ever heard of ice cream flavored from seafood. Like, I would yeah. either. I, th- I thought you were going to say like main blueberries because I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, that was what I wound up getting because yeah. the lobster one wasn't available. But yeah. yeah, and then like, you know, like, I like there's something funky about like a savory one. Like, I've had like olive oil and rosemary yeah. and ice cream. Wow, and warm. Yeah. But yeah, no, the lobster one, I was like really disappointed because I really, really was hoping to, to try yeah. it. I was so curious. <laughs> the next one is peppermint mocha or pumpkin spice. Which do you prefer? I like a peppermint mocha. I just find the pumpkin spice is just, it's too overdone, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. And ricotta or mozzarella cheese on your pizza? So, okay, I'm from Jersey and we are very passionate about bread and cheese on bread. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I I love both. I like, I love a white pie with the mozzarella and the ricotta yes. on it. Yes. You can hear my horrible I know my my family my family my family had an accent coming out right now um so I love mozzarella and uh ricotta on on a pie um now if it's a place that has a good sauce I will often ask for the sauce on the side so then I can put it on 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 top but yeah like a like a white pie with all like that freshly handmade mozzarella and that fresh made ricotta which you've never had fresh handmade ricotta before like you are so missing out and it's handmade amazing. ricotta and handmade mozzarella too like right. those two together are just like and then let's marry them together and have a burrata yeah where yes. it's the best, best of all the world yes and ricotta is pretty easy to make too like i'm we have a recipe on our website and it's you know it it sometimes certain things seem intimidating because you think cheese like it's hard but then when you really look at the steps it's like wow it's really only like two or three ingredients and it's just you like, have of it but it's pretty simple but it is you know ricotta is just made on everything like ricotta toast ricotta is just you know pizza i i do love pizza with ricotta cheese but then i can often and people don't know like ricotta is an amazing source of protein too people don't often yeah. think about that as well but it's it's so delicious and 
has so many health benefits too. Yeah. I feel like that would be a great nighttime bit. snack too, just thinking because you can you know, portion it really easy and put some fruit on it, put some of the omelet. Yeah. And that's a fun thing too. You can make savory, you can make sweet. So you can do yeah. like, yeah. like you said, like a little ricotta on toast, which I don't think mm-hmm. people know that's like a thing you can do mm-hmm. or having like a little ricotta. Sometimes I'll do like a ricotta with like a little olive oil and cracked pepper or yeah. a little honey on top of it and do something honey and cinnamon, make it like a little sweet. So yeah, there's a whole choose your adventure there that you can go on. Yeah. And Mandy, if you could just let us, let our listeners know where they can find you, like your website, social media handles, that they can kind of follow you on, you know, the journey and get some more insight and tips that you have so much of, like this was just one topic and there's just so many topics that you cover. Yes, there's lots, lots and lots of layers on the iceberg. (laughs) So I kept things very, very simple in my digital imprint and my website is just mandyenright.com and all of my social handles are Mandy Enright RD. I was gonna say at but no it's just Mandy Enright RD. So basically across the board on all of the social media realm that's where you can find me. Perfect. Well thank you Mandy for joining us today and sharing so many tips with us when it comes to ways to unwind, the do's and don'ts and just great recipes as well. And for those listening, we have the links to the Sleepy Time Smoothie and Moon Milk recipes, along with a link to a blog that has tips on how to unwind all in the show notes of this episode. You can also go to savorrecipes.com to access hundreds of other recipes and blogs as well. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Savor Recipes and subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, bon appetit foodies. Thank you.